Life can be hard, and sometimes you just need an internet bestie to help you out. That's where I come in. Welcome to the Dear Imani Podcast, an advice-based show that reminds you to put yourself first and live in your purpose. And don't worry, I'll always give you the real tea. Need advice or have a story? Send me a message on our Instagram at Dear Imani Podcast or DearImani.com. Tune in every Friday for a new episode. See you there. Sincerely, Imani. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dear Imani. I'm your host, Imani, obviously. Did you miss me? I have been gone for two weeks and really I just took my own personal spring break. The reason because was because I just did it, honestly. Like <laughs> my podcast and my choices. <laughs> so I took a spring break for two weeks. And during that spring break, I went to World of Barbie and it was the cutest experience ever. If you look at my Instagram, you're going to see, like, you're going to want to go. You can get tickets in LA. It's in Santa Monica. And it was just the best thing ever. It was literally who I am. Like, I always think I'm a Barbie girl. So it was the cutest thing. I also posted a vlog about the past two weeks. So if you feel like you miss me, miss my voice, just go to YouTube and look at one of my vlogs. But I will never be doing that again because I missed you guys. I missed talking on the microphone and just chit-chatting, like doing what I do best, you know? So today's episode is going to be about pop culture all the things we're obsessed with, the things that I'm obsessing over. And really where this came from was because love is blind. Love is blind. I know y'all watched it. I know you're either happy or pissed off, probably mainly pissed, especially after that reunion fiasco, which we're going to talk about. But that's what inspired me to do this whole episode about pop culture. So we're going to be talking about Love is Blind, the show, the reunion, but also a lot of other hot topics that you guys asked me for my advice about and what, what, what you wanted me to talk about. So we're going to start with Love is Blind. This episode, you're going to see me on my phone because I got all my notes. I did not want to skip a beat about this show. I want to have my facts straight because the thing is, you know, there's an online footprint. So you can't just be talking about people and not have the facts. You know what I mean? So I have all my notes right here. So we're going to start off with Love is Blind. So if you're not familiar with the show, the show is on Netflix. And what the, the point of it is that you're not judging someone by their looks. A lot of times when we're dating people or like you're even on the apps, you're scrolling. Scrolling right or left is literally based off of what somebody looks like, right? So with Love is Blind, they start off in these pods and they cannot see each other. So they're like a wall between them and they're communicating for about like 10 days and then they're making connections with people. The end result, you're supposed to propose to someone. So then they propose to the person and then they dramatically reveal who each other are. And it's either a hit or miss. Like, sometimes you can really tell when the person is not feeling that person. If they're like, oh, that girl is not cute. That guy is not cute. You can just see all over their face. Um, So that does happen. But they reveal each other to each other. And then they go on, like, a honeymoon. And this past season, they went to Mexico. And then, basically, they live together. They go back home to their hometown. And then they decide at the end if they want to get married or not. And if love is really blind, I know, cheesy, right? So that's the premise of the show. And this season was actually in Seattle, Washington, so my hometown. So I was extra intrigued because I'm like, what are the people like? You know, like, what are the dating people like? I was hoping I was going to know somebody because I was like, okay, Washington, like, we're around all the same ages. Like, I should have, like, a mutual. But what's funny is that I don't have a mutual, I don't have, I don't know anyone on the show, but I have friends that have tea about the people on this show. The thing is, it's not my tea to spill. It's not my tea to spill. As bad as I want to, and as a, this would this tea would shake shit up. I'm being honest, but I'm just gonna leave you with that. But I ain't gonna tell you what it is because I know put people people's business out there. But I do got some tea, so I don't I don't know anybody on the show, but I have some mutuals. But I was really intrigued because it was Seattle. Um, so I'm not gonna go through the entire season because 
you should have watched it. You know what I mean? But I am going to talk about the reunion and the couple. So you'll get a gist of like what it is. So whether you're a fan of Love is Blind or not, you're going to be quite entertained by the drama of it all. And then, like I said, we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics throughout this episode. So I went over what Love is Blind is. First of all, the reunion. The reunion was a mess. I called out of work for the reunion, by the way. Because it came, it was supposed to come out, it was supposed to be live. That was the kicker. It was supposed to be live, live reunion, love is blind, Netflix first live, whatever. And they messed up completely. And a live reunion to me actually is really cool because it's like, you get to, there's no edits. You just have to, it's just live. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. The hosts don't know what's going to happen. The 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 co-stars, whatever, they don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but everybody watching at the same time. And they messed up. I got my food. I left the house at 4.30 because it started at 5. 4.30 to go get in and out. Me and my friend came back to the house. It was 4.59. And we're like, we got, our, we got our food ready. It's all set up. We took a shot of tequila. We're like literally having a party for this. And I and like I said, I called out of work for this live reunion. Click it, Click on there. Oh, sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Like the server couldn't even, the server couldn't even do anything. It was just so overwhelmed with as many people that were trying to watch the reunion. And then we're like, okay, let some minutes go by. And we're like, oh, it's going to work eventually. Like 30 minutes go by. And then Love is Blind live on Instagram starts going live. They're like, sorry, it'll be worth the wait. We're just dealing with some technical difficulties. And then the page is still posting. The Netflix page are like, we're so sorry for the delay, blah, blah, blah. An hour, a literal hour goes by before this reunion even starts for some people in some people. Me and my friend went on TikTok and watched it on our phone. Like we had a setup like this, watching the reunion on a phone. And I call out of work for this. And they spit out this whole apology. Like for all of you that, you know, took away your Sunday night and your Sunday evening and got, had parties for this. And we just, we're so sorry. And I'm like, don't be sorry. Be careful. Do better next time. Like it's, I don't get how it's that hard though, because we watch live TV all the time. Live telecast. So Netflix, like, get the right servers. I don't know because you really fumbled the bag with that because this could have been really iconic and it wasn't because it wasn't live. Secondly, I also think you should never do a live again because of the fact that what I've noticed and I heard Andy Cohen talk about this. If you don't know Andy Cohen, he is a host and he does like all the reunions for a Real Housewives and he is petty and messy. And we'll kind of get into that, why he should be the host of this because he asks the right questions um, and it's a skill set, a skill set to be able to ask the right questions in a reunion because we need answers as viewers. But anyway, Andy Cohen made the point that reunions should not be live because he said it can take hours for people to really, you know, get emotional about a topic and what they're doing when it's live. You're trying to rush something. So in 59 minutes, you're trying to get everybody's points across, everyone's stories across when we needed time to like fester up the emotions, you know, like bring out the receipts, like the, all that takes time. He said that for Real Housewives, they take up like 10 hours sometimes to do a one reunion because there's so many things. And then they're able to take all that footage and file it down to that one or two hour segment and give us the juiciest, best content. Where for this, we just watched an hour of ultimately bullshit because it was live and that's just what it was, you know, and they didn't have the time to edit it. And then they also messed up. It was it was a whole thing, but that is the first part of how I knew the reunion was going to be a bunch of BS. Moving on to the host. The host. The host for the reunion. We have Vanessa and Nick Lachey. For starters, they have a good resume. They are actual hosts, journalists or whatever, like that they are. They, I think it started with TRL. I don't know if they started with TRL, but 
they've been around since back then um, hosting together. They have an incredible resume. So I'm not going to knock them like they don't know what they're doing. So they were the hosts for Love is Blind. They obviously have a fat paycheck with Netflix or contract with Netflix because they host multiple shows on that network. Um, So they're getting paid, but the host. And really, we're going to talk about Vanessa. Sorry, Miss Vanessa Lachey. There was multiple issues with this reunion. And as we go through the couples, I'm going to explain where you were fumbling the bag each and every time. The first thing I'm going to say is there wasn't the right questions being asked. You, When you're a host, you have to know how to, one, listen. Like if you're like, I'll take the podcast, for instance. Like if I have a guest, I have to know how to listen to them and really understand what they're saying. So that way I can ask a follow-up question possibly that makes sense and they're not repeating something that they already said or also then they can go deeper into that storyline. You know what I mean? But for Vanessa, I feel like she just likes to talk more. So then it's like, girl, you got to listen. You got to listen a little bit so we can get actual answers that the viewers need. So that was like one of the first of many issues. But we're going to go through the couples. And then as we go on, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to drag the host a little bit just because it it, is what happened. So the first couple, we got Brett and Tiffany. Brett and Tiffany were a crowd favorite, fan favorite. Everyone loves Brett and Tiffany. Honestly, I don't have much to say about them because their story was just so beautiful. And it had, we, had an, we had closure with them. Like, they're beautiful. They're going to be iconic. We love them. Moving on. Kwame and Chelsea. So, Kwame, he grew on me literally during this reunion just now. Because before, I was like, I don't know about him, but let me tell you why. And he kind of cleared this up a little bit. So in like the first episode, he said that he wanted to go by his other name or something, which is Alex, um, because he didn't want people to know who, like judge him by his name. Basically, he didn't want people to know he was black because his name was Kwame. And you can assume that, you know? And that's understandable because you don't want to be, that's the whole point of the show. It's like for people to not know what you look like. And if you have a specific name, you know, they're going to know, like, if so, if I go, if I was in the pods and I said, I'm Imani, they're going to know that I'm probably black. Like, Imani's giving hella black, you know? So if you didn't want someone to know what you look like or have any, you know, whatever, then you're going to, yes, you could lie about your name. But the issue I had with it at first was because it, it really came across that he just, he, I don't know, like, he wasn't proud of who he was. I think the way he said it, and it also came across like, okay, just tell me you only date white girls without telling me you only date white girls. Like, that's how it read on TV. So I was instantly turned off by that. So I was like, okay, here we go. Like, you know, in a lot of reality TV shows, we do see that. We see, like, a black man and with a white woman, which is totally fine. Like, we don't, I don't actually care about that. It's the fact that it just is a continued storyline that we always see. And sometimes it's cute to see some black love, which is why people loved Brett and Tiffany, right? But Kwame started off the season like that by saying that. And so I was instantly like, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. And then as the season went on, I was like, okay, he's cool, whatever. But the reunion really showed me like he apologized for how like the different actions that he did during the during the show with some of the other castmates and really took accountability and then I've been seeing like videos of him dancing and like really embracing his culture and everything and I'm like okay maybe it was just edited a little bit wrong because I actually do like Kwame and Chelsea together I think they're good for each other and that's that okay moving on to Bliss and Zach honestly I thought this relationship was fake I I for a little bit of context behind it Zach did not pick Bliss before he picked another girl um named Irina which we'll get to Irina um he picked Irina before and then they just did not work out so he went back to Bliss 
Um, and Bliss felt like a second choice, which is understandable. But, you know, the show is an interesting dynamic in the first place. So you can't, like, I get her being annoyed of, like, I was your second choice. But at the same time, his love is blind. So it's kind of just how it works, you know? Um, but anyway, I just thought the relationship was fake at first. So I was like, they're just trying to make something work that clearly is not working. And she looked like she was so uncomfortable around him. Like, she didn't want to hold his hand or kiss him. But looking back at it, she didn't know the man. So, like, yeah, she probably was uncomfortable. But then he had to propose to her because that's the way the show worked, you know? So I get it now. But at first, I was like, this relationship is not it. Like, I felt so cringy the whole time. Even though, like, Zach seems like a very sweet person. He's very smart. Like, he's a lawyer and everything. He's very factual. I just was like, I don't know about them. But then after watching the reunion, they had each other's back and they cleared everybody. Like they came with the facts. You could tell that they both watched the show, knew exactly what to say when they got there, who they wanted to check when they got there. Um, so I'm like, I think they're a good power couple. So I'm a, I'm gonna say I like them now. You know, I think the reunion, the reunion was helpful to helpful to the people that it needed to be helpful for in the sense of the married couples they're, that they're all still married. Mind you, the show was filmed a year ago. So these people have been married for a year. So it's pretty good statistics for a reality show and especially the way they met. So I feel like for those specific couples that are still married, I got the closure that I wanted and I feel happy and I wish them all the, all the success. Now, moving forward to the people that, moving forward to the people that we, you know, we don't really like. So let's, Irina and Micah. Irina and Micah, mean girls. From the very beginning, mean girls. Snickering at people, laughing at people, just being petty. The, their whole aura was mean girl behavior. And I think what we've learned, I'll, we've learned this recently with the Hailey Bieber and Selena Gomez drama, it's never okay to be a mean girl. Because you see how much you get dragged when you're mean. Like, you might think you're cute because you're a mean girl in high school, but I'm going to tell you right here, if you're a mean girl, it's never it's never going to be good for you because people literally hate that. And that's what happened with Irina and Micah. So when Irina first started talking, she was like, just one second, please. And she starts to cry. The audience laughs, literally laughs out loud. The live audience laughs at her. Why? I'm going to tell you why right now. Because everybody's tired of crocodile tears. You, and that goes for everybody's apology videos. You say a racist comment, you come on Instagram crying. I'm so sorry for calling that person the N-word with a hard R. What are you crying for? The, the person should be crying, not you. And that's how that feels. Like we've seen that happen so many times, play out in different ways all over the internet. So when Irina sat on that couch, they wa she watched her playback. She's like <laughs> crying and the audience is literally cracking up because they're like, girl, we don't have time for these tears. You know what you did, suck it up. You know what I mean? So her, her and Micah were just ultimately just really mean girls. Um, Irina stated that it hurts that it hurts that the image that was painted on her for three weeks of her journey is what people view her as. And I'm like, girl, you literally did this to yourself. My thing about villains, I know that producers and TV shows have a lot of access to editing it and painting certain scenarios to look a certain way. But I'm also a strong believer that if you're a villain and you're a clear villain in a TV show, you're a villain in real life. That It is what it is. I'm sorry, because if I was on a reality TV show, I feel like yeah, they can maybe pull things from what you said and make it seem like you were saying something else. But I know my overall vibe of who I am would never, ever read as a mean girl because that's just not who I am. So for Irina to, you know, people are like, well, they just edited. No, no, bitch. 
They didn't edit it like nothing. That's how you really are. And it, it showed through and through from the beginning, the literally beginning of the season, how you were acting in the house with Micah when, and the girl, like in the girl's house and being catty and mean girlish. And then when you met with Zach and you were like, you look weird. You're like a weird cartoon character, like judging how he looks. And really with Zach, he's just, I feel like personally, he's just like an emotional person and really in tune with his emotions. So a lot of, I feel like a lot of women don't really like that when it comes to men for some reason, um, which we'll get to Jackie, which is why she called Marshall soft because he's in tune with his emotions. Anyway, girl, we'll get to that. But Irina, she's a no for me. Um, also, I already said that Irina was awful and mean as fuck when she was with when she was with Zach. She tried to blame. Oh, she tried to blame it on her mental health. That was during the reunion. She said her mental health was bad and she had anxiety. And then that's when Bliss cleared her. Bliss was like, we we understand the severity of mental health and like having anxiety and people really deal with that, but that's not an excuse to treat people badly and treat people like shit, which that's something that I always say too. The thing is like, you can be going through something, but, and that could be the reason why you're treating people that way, but it's also not right to treat someone badly because you're going through something. Cause now you're putting someone else like in, in the situation of how you feel. And Vanessa Lachey, this is when she did a pretty good job. She was like, you know, you talk about your insecurities because she did. She talked about she she was insecure with her acne growing up and all that kind of stuff. But you still chose to be the mean girl. But that's true. Hurt people hurt people. Remember that. So if someone's ever mean to you, being a mean girl, they're probably just hurt and insecure at the end of the day. So moving on to Micah and Paul. So Micah and Paul, I mean, their relationship was whatever to me. I was really focused on Brett and Tiffany and making sure they were going to get married and follow through because they're the best couple. But Mike and Paul, they seemed like they were all right. And then at the end, Paul ended up saying no. Um, so now, you know, Micah probably views him as the bad guy because you said no to me. And Micah has this personality to me that seems like she isn't usually denied. So therefore, she probably felt really like <gasps> appalled. You know, she was really hurt, of course. Like it sucks to stand up there and someone say, no, I don't want to marry you. So when we get to the reunion, they're kind of talking like why Paul said no. And Vanessa is literally just like pounding Paul with questions. Like as if he's the villain, as if this whole season, we didn't just watch Micah be a mean girl. Make it make sense, Vanessa. Like, that's what I did not understand. I'm like, there, she's like, oh, well, I don't, did you get anything that he just said, Micah? Because are you just as confused as I am? No, we're not confused, Vanessa. We're not confused. I understood exactly what Paul was talking about. I knew what he meant. And you were trying to paint it a certain way when it wasn't that way. And that's when, and of course, Micah starts crying as well because- that's what people do. They like to cry when they're the people in the wrong. Um, but Zach came through and cleared once again and was saying, basically, I feel like you are playing victim right now. You know, we all watched what happened. We, I got to see what happened behind closed doors when the cameras weren't there. And for you to stay here and try to paint this picture of Paul was, I was so happy about that because I was getting worried. Like Paul was trying to find his words of how to say things. Um, and it was kind of coming across like he was confused, but it was because he was trying to figure out a nice way to put it. What I've learned after watching that particular situation with Paul and Micah, I learned that it's best to say with your chest on a reunion, because when you're trying to sugarcoat something, sometimes it comes across like you don't know what you're trying to say. So then everyone else gets to act confused, if that makes sense. Where if he would have just been like, I said no to her because I didn't want to be with her because I didn't like her like that no more. 
it's a wrap. Like, you, there's no confusion about that, right? Like, you don't like me. But he tried to, like, be nice and, and go around it, which made it sound kind of confusing, which gave room for Vanessa to be, I'm so confused. Do you know what he's talking about, audience? Like, that type of behavior. And it's like, audience is probably like, whoa, like, why are you defending Micah in this situation? So that was that was the beginning of when the hosting part went downhill. Because I would say in the beginning, I didn't mind how they were hosting. I feel like they were you know, asking good questions to the married couple. We got to figure out that um, Chelsea actually met Kwame's mom. She approved of her. She met the whole family. Like we got the answers we wanted from the married couples. As soon as we got to um, Paul and Micah, that's where it went downhill because that's when she started choosing the villain side. And it just gets worse from here, y'all. Yeah, sadly it does. So now we're going to move on to Jackie and Marshall. And this is really what everybody actually wants to talk about, which is why I saved it for last when it comes to this Love is Blind drama, because I would say this, Jackie was my favorite person on the show in the beginning, but that's because she reminds me of me and my friends. Like, she's just, like, ratchet. You know, like, she, like, she was cussing on the show. She was, like, she was just how me and my friends act. And I was like, ooh, finally, like, somebody that's just like, you know, just like me and my girls on the show. And she was just herself. And so I really liked her. And then it was like that night in Mexico when she was having like a, I don't know if she was having an anxiety attack or something, but she was just very unsettled, you could tell, because she was going through it. She like locked herself in the bathroom and she said it, she was talking about her family. So I don't know if she like really like financially supports her family or her family was going through something, but either the producing team or maybe herself did not do a good job of letting the viewers know what was going on because all we saw was this girl like going through it and Marshall trying his best to help and her not communicating at all. So that was my first red flag from her where I was like, I don't know about this girl, but we'll let it play out. Maybe she just had a moment because in the next morning she apologized and said like she shouldn't have treated him like that. So I'm like, okay, it could have just been a moment, but I still have my like my ears up like, Jackie, I don't know about you. All right. And then as we get on in this season, she becomes very emotionally immature. Or that's what it feels like. She's telling Marshall things like when they got in an argument, she was like, you're not a man enough for me and you're not aggressive enough. And to me, I'm like, girl, you just want a toxic man because Marshall to me or Marshall and Brett are both real men just because they're emotionally intellectual. You know, they they just I feel like they know how to protect and provide, but also still be lovable and show their loving side. And some women just don't like that. So a good example would be like, I know celebrities, but Sierra and Future with Sierra versus Sierra with Russell Wilson. Those are two different men. And some people like a Future type of dude and some people like a Russell Wilson type of man. I'm always going to be a Russell Wilson type of girl. Like, so to me, Marshall and Brett, well, we're talking about Marshall, but Marshall, there's nothing about him that was not manly enough, that was quote unquote soft. There's nothing about him that read that. I just felt like she just wanted someone that was like really aggressive because that's maybe her style of man. Maybe she doesn't even, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know none of these people. I'm just talking, right? I don't know. But that's that's how I feel about when I saw, when, when Jackie was saying like, oh, you're not man enough, all that kind of stuff. So that was like another big red flag. And then when they were kind of going through it, having a rough patch, um, she, she, they came home and she was trying to, he was trying to communicate with her. And she was like, I just want to go to bed. It's late. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. And he's trying to express his feelings. And she looks at him and she's like, you have such pretty eyes. You know that, right? That is manipulative behavior. I am so sorry. I do. I don't like that. I do not like. Like we're trying to have a real conversation. And you want to distract me or just say something off the wall? Like that was another red flag to me. I'm like, that's not cute. Like right now, I don't want to hear a compliment. I'm trying to talk to you about our relationship and where we're gonna go from here because we have a timeline. We're on Netflix, girl. Like 
we got to talk about this now. So over time, she just, she just became the villain. That's just what it is. She became the villain. So now we're fast forwarding to, oh, wait, let me give you some more context really quick. She ends up dating the other guy, this other guy named Josh on the show. So Marshall and her break up. They don't get married. They don't follow through to the end with the show. And she ends up dating another castmate, Josh, who she's actually still with. So a year later, they are still together. Um, but then fast forward to the reunion. They're the villains of the show and they don't show up to the reunion. You don't show up to the, that to me is the most punkish thing somebody can do. And they said they have their reasons why they didn't want to show up to the reunion. But that was the whole reason. Shit, that was the reason I called off of work to watch Jackie come to the reunion and talk to Marshall and then hear the questions and get the answers that we wanted to get. But instead, they did a Zoom call with Vanessa Lachey, the host. And this is where it obviously went even more downhill. Vanessa's on the call with Jackie and Josh asking not a single question. She's asking questions like, how are you guys doing today? How, how do you feel? Are you going to give the ring back? <laughs> Cackling with them. I'm like, girl, we need questions. Jackie, why did you say he wasn't man enough? What about those leaked texts from your alleged friends? And they, and they said that you basically were calling Marshall gay just because that's how you associate someone that is emotionally intellectual for some reason. So what about those text messages? Let's talk about that, Jackie. Let's talk about how you were very toxic during, during the process. Vanessa's not asking a single question. And then she was like, well, who cares about all of that? Because look who you have next to you. And it's like, no, we care about all of that because yeah, we see who she has next, next to her and it's Josh. Like she just wasn't asking the right questions and she was making it seem like her and Jackie were just kicking in. So then I started thinking, the thing is, and I think the biggest flaw with Vanessa and Nick is maybe how their relationship started. So they used, or Nick used to be married to Jessica Simpson. And I don't know the timeline with that. So everything's alleged from what my research is. But allegedly, the timeline don't seem right, okay? So therefore, I believe once upon a time, Vanessa was a villain in her own storyline. And she was a villain to society because how she would quickly stepped into that relationship after I guess they were divorced. I don't know, but people, she was a villain in once upon a time. And I think to some degree, she almost relates to the villain of these stories, which is why in these seasons, we've noticed that she's given so much grace to the people that the rest of the world is not too fond with, you know, because we're looking at it like, why are you being so nice? But then you're pushing the mean and harder questions on the people that have done nothing wrong in this season. And it's really, it's really, really odd. I don't know if she's thinking because they're women and she's like trying to do this whole woman empowerment thing where like, she's agreeing with the girls, but like, you know, I talk about how men ain't shit all the time on this podcast, but at the end of the day, if somebody's wrong, they're wrong. And these women, Jackie, Micah, and Irina were wrong during this whole process. And they didn't get no type of smoke because the host didn't do their job ultimately. So that was my biggest thing with the whole Jackie situation. Cause I'm like, I feel like we didn't get any closure. Like Marshall even said, he feels slighted because he didn't get to finish the show, like either say yes or no at the aisle. And then also Jackie and Josh didn't come to the reunion. So once again, he's left there alone to kind of fend for himself. So that was like a cop-out, easy way out that Jackie and Josh did. I guess they said they felt safer not going. But I'm like, I would feel safer with the production Netflix crew than just safer walking around in Seattle at the grocery store because nobody really is too fond of y'all. So I don't know, but that's my take on the whole Jackie, the Vanessa, the hosting situation. My thing is that I think they need to get someone like 
Andy Cohen, or just get myself. Like, I can host it. Dear Imani, Times Love is Blind. Baby, let's do it. Like, Netflix, call me. I can call you. What's up? Like, I will ask the right questions and get to the bottom of everything. Because next season, we can't we can't be doing this. Like, leaving the viewers. We put so much time and effort watching this. We all love this show. And we have to love it at the end, too. Like, you have to give us the answers that we're looking for. So that is my take on Love is Blind. And let me know if you watched it, what your take is, what your thoughts are. Because, and if you haven't watched it, I mean, yeah, you can go back and watch it, but it's over now. Like all the hype is gone. Like the reunion happened. Make sure you watch next season because it is honestly so fun to watch a show collectively as like a country, a world, whatever. And then like everyone's talking about it. Everywhere I went, it was always a conversation. You watch Love is Blind, you watch Reunion, you watch this, you watch this. And we're all talking about it. So in the future, watch the next season of Love is Blind because it really is a cool concept. It's really good. But we just need new hosts, I think. And the new host should be me and Andy Cohen, obviously. All right. <laughs> the next topic is the verified blue check. So I'm going to go into topics that you guys asked me to talk about now because I knew I wanted to talk about Love is Blind. Y'all asked me that too, but I was gonna talk about that regardless, okay? But we're gonna talk about the verified blue check mark. So, as you guys may or may not know, you can buy a blue check mark now. Um, I think it's $14.99, 15 bucks a month to purchase a blue tick on your Instagram account. Twitter did this a while ago, but now Instagram's kind of rolling it out. I don't think everyone has access to it, but a lot of people do. And when I first noticed it, it came on my Instagram and was like, get verified. So my first reaction was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get verified. Like I'm that girl, been that girl. I should be verified. Like in my head, I'm like, I'm giving stardom, you know? So I'm like, let me click on it. Click on it. It's at $14.99. I was like, $14.99 a month? Like you want me to pay 15 bucks a month to be verified? So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna follow through because this is some, this is interesting. Like, is anyone else seeing this? Are people doing this? So then the next couple of days roll out and I'm noticing there's so many blue check marks everywhere on people's accounts. And I'm like, you are, you're verified, you're verified, you've, how, how y'all bitches get verified before me? Like, that's what, that's what my brain was thinking, if I'm being honest. And so I then realized, obviously, everyone was paying for this blue verified checkmark. And there has been a lot of controversy over this because there's people that are like, ew, that's so cringy, I would never pay for it. Like, that's so weird, you're really playing, paying for clout, you didn't earn it, yada, yada, yada. And there's the other side that's like, yeah, I'm doing it because I want to protect my account. I want to, um, you know, have it for my business or you're a social media person. You take social media seriously. You want to seem more validated with the blue check, maybe get exposed to bigger brands, brand deals, events, whatever. Like you want to elevate your career. So there's these two battling sides that are like this, right? So for me, I'm, I've been kind of battling like what I want to do with it just because I'm like, do I want to buy it or do I not? Because a part of me does feel like it's, it's giving cringe. Like it's a little bit cringy. Because it's like, girl, everyone knows you bought it at this point, especially depending on how, how many followers you have. Like, I don't have a follower count that would associate with being verified, even though I feel like the things that I've done in my life or things that, yeah, things that I do and that I've done would uh, like make it seem like I could be verified. Like, I, I think if I had more followers, no one would question that fact. Um, but some people are getting it. And I think the main thing I want people to ask themselves, like, why are you paying for the check mark? You know, is it because if it's because you think it's going to elevate your career and that's the career path you want, your entertainment, yada, 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 like that makes sense. But I feel like I've noticed people buy it and I'm like, you don't even po you post once a year. Like, what's the what, what's your reasoning behind it? But the reasoning is because everybody wants to seem cool. 
and to seem validated. And I think that is the bigger conversation in this whole thing is the links that we go for validation. And we do that in so many different realms of our life. But social media is obviously, I don't want to say it's fake because I don't think it's fake. It's just like a highlight reel of people's lives. And within that highlight reel, you want to seem like you're the baddest bitch of them all. So you're like, let me buy this little check mark so I can show people how cool I am, that I'm exclusive. I'm like, I'm just like every other cool person that has a blue check mark, you know? But what's so crazy about it, Instagram really killed the game with this because they made $660 million in counting like the first, what, 24, 48 hours of this because everybody and their mama bought a blue check mark. And that was like the most genius move ever. Like at this point, I remember I read the statistic when it came out. So they're probably sitting like at a billion dollars right now from all of us buying these blue checks. Which I'm like, that is insane that that is how they knew that we would do that because they know how bad, how badly people crave validation and seeming cool on the internet. You know, um, I do have had, I do have friends that have bought the blue check mark. Um, one, because I just noticed it. <laughs> no shade. It's like, it's cool. But two, because they've told me that we were actually having discussions about it. Like, should we do it? Should we not? Should we do it? Should we not? And I have a couple of friends that did it and they were really wanting to test it out to see if they would get bigger brand deals, if they'll get more engagement. One of my friends said that she did get more engagement. I have to like talk with her and get an update now. That was a couple of weeks ago. Another friend ended up getting two huge brand deals with like these the really big brands. Um, and, you know, I kind of feel like she's already really cool in models and everything. So I don't know if that's just a direct thing because of her verified checkmark. But at the same time, she wasn't getting those brands attention at first. And now she did land a brand deal with them. So it could be the blue checkmark. I do not know. It makes me curious, though, just because I'm like, hmm, like, but what, what if I did it? You know, I've, and I would be open about it. I've been, t- I've talked about it on my Instagram story. I'm talking about it here on the podcast. Like, I will let you guys know if I actually bought it. I really do not care enough to like try to hide it or fake it. Like, it is what it is. So I don't know a hard no or a hard yes. I do see both sides, but I also think the people that are like really upset about it, you're just gatekeeping success. Like, there's people that are so mad that like people that are already verified. They're like, I would never do that if I if they took my verification check mark right now away. I would never pay for that. You guys are so weird for paying for that. Oh my god! Like, they're just so disgusted. And I'm like, why are you so angry? Are you are you just mad because you feel like other people are going to be able to get into the club with you? Like, that's really what it is. Like, at the end of the day, our society thrives off of hierarchies. And they love being able to feel better than other people. So if you're already if you're already verified and you did it the hard way in the sense of you did the whole process and you got verified organically, and then now you have people that can buy it, your brain feels like, well, they didn't earn it like me. I'm better than them. How dare they buy it and be able to reach the same rooms that I can reach now? So ultimately, it's like you're kind of gatekeeping success. So there's like, I have multiple think pieces about this whole thing. Overall, I'm not a hard no. I'm not a hard yes. I have thought about doing it for the podcast just because I think it validates it in some type of way. Um, and maybe maybe you'll get more reach, more attention. I'm not sure. I was like, I feel like that would be a good test to do it on my podcast, Dear Money Podcast on Instagram and just see what happens. Um, I'm not super sold on doing it for myself yet. We'll see maybe in the future, but those are, those are, that's my, that's my take on the blue check mark. Do what you please. If you're happy, if you don't care what people think, just do it or not, whatever. Like I think the biggest thing people don't want to do it because they feel cringy and they, they, they don't want people to judge them, but literally fuck everybody. So, <laughs> all right, next one, soft launching. 
So someone wanted me to talk about soft launching. So if you're not familiar with that term, soft launching is when you got a man or a girl, man or woman, and you don't want to show their face. You don't want people to know who you got, but you want to know, you want people to know that you you got somebody. So an example could be like, say if you're at dinner, you're going to have like your plate and then like a man's arm. So you're going to see like the tattoos, you're going to see the hair, you're going to see the watch and you're like, she has a man. And everyone's going to be like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Nosy. You know, I'm going to go into FBI mode because I'm going to try to find who this man is. Like, I need to know. I need to know the teeth is, you know? And that's why people soft launch because there's people like me that are super nosy that need to know who you're dating. So that's the exact reason why people don't show who they're dating because they don't want their person out there or whatever the case may be. What's so funny to me about soft launching though is the delusion that everybody thinks their life is so important, which I love. Like, you know, I'm all about main character energy. So I love the fact that people start dating. And mind you, like, no one really knows you, right? <laughs> people start dating somebody and they do like a months and months of soft launching, like showing an arm, showing a fingernail, showing a toenail, thinking that everybody cares so much because their life is so important and they're such a main character. I live for that. That's why I love soft launch because I'm like, you really think you are the star of, of the world. And I love that for you. You know, I never got to do, I did a hard launch with Alex. Like some of my friends didn't even know we were messing around. Like I was, it was the softest launch. Like I didn't even have a soft launch. I had just a hard launch. What we did was we went to this formal event together with all of our like work friends and we were dressed alike in a sense. Like we had, you know, he had a matching tie with my dress. So that was our hard launch of like, oh my God, you guys are together. Like you came together. And then we went to a new year's party and then I posted the new year's picture and then we were both looking at each other super cute. So I didn't even have a soft launch. I just like hard launched Alex into the universe, you know? Um, so I didn't get to experience that, but I think the soft launch is super cute. But like I said, my favorite part about it is just the fact that everyone thinks they're the main character of life with the soft launch. Um, who did a soft launch really well is Monet McMichael. She's a TikToker. And Sally for her, she's really known. And her man is really known on TikTok too. So we kind of put the pieces together literally before she even could do a soft launch. Um, but her soft launches have been really cute because like it's like his arm or like they're cheersing and things like that. The internet figured it out before she could even get to that point because that's what we do. Um, but yeah, I think a soft launch is cute. I have no problem with it. It just means that you're the star of your own life. Okay, the next one is Kylie and Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet, I think that's how you say his name. First of all, I'm gonna say I'm not very familiar with Timothy. He's an actor. Um... So everything I'm about to say is going to be based off of the appearance of Kylie and Timothy, not personality, if they're compatible or not, because I don't know anything about, I don't know any of these people I'm talking about, but I don't know anything about them. Um, but going from the look of them, basically somebody asked me, I want you to, can you touch on Kylie and Timothy? Is he Kim K's Pete Davidson white boy PR stunt? So if you're not familiar, Kim Kardashian started dating Pete Davidson, who's He's white, he's tall, he's like skinny, he has a bunch of tattoos, which is not her normal um, dating life that we've seen. Like she's been with who, Reggie Bush, Kanye, Ray J. Like she dates lots of, she dates black men. Like her, you know, that's just what Kim does. So this guy was a little bit different. Pete Davidson was a lot different than what we've been used to seeing her date. For starters, people can date who they want. Um, what's that one song? Oh, I ain't got no type. Bad bitches is the only thing that I like. You know, maybe people are just like that. So you can have, you want this flavor this day, this flavor this day. Like you just really don't care. You just like people that are nice, that are kind, that you think are attractive. That's totally fine. But because the internet is the internet, everyone has a think piece as to why someone's dating a certain type of person. 
So with the Kardashians, I do think it's understandable, especially because it seems like they kind of move their lifestyles with also the men that they date. So you take Kylie and Timothy, like we're used to Kylie. She was with Travis Scott. That's the father of her two kids. She's with Tyga. Um, and so Timothy is a whole different type of look. But then also it's in the same realm that, you know, Courtney's dating Tra or married to Travis Barker, who also has that same type of look. And then Kim was dating Pete Davidson. But also during that time, Kim Kardashian has she had lost a lot of weight. Um, so she wasn't as thick. She was wearing blonde hair. So basically the the talking point of it all was that the Kardashians were moving into their white era. They went from their black era to their white era, not their black era and just in the men, but literally their appearance, like from being super tan, super duper, uber thick, whether it's natural or not, like super thick, um, wearing braids and not just like two braids, like cornrows and box braids and doing all that. I remember Kylie was wearing like a um, kinky ponytail, like, and then she had her era, King Kylie, Khloe Kardashian had Khloe money, you know, so like really like. You know, people were like, okay, it's giving black behavior, right? And then that's the kind of men they dated. And then now going, moving down here, it was like this, this right here, they've all, they all lost a lot of weight. You know, they're not as tan. There's not, it's not their focal point to look like how they looked over here. So people were like, oh, you're moving into your white era. And then, so what comes with this is white men. So that's the talking point. And that to me is completely understandable. I definitely see that. And I'm talking from like, I love the Kardashians, like, I feel like I've talked about them on here. I love the Kardashians. I watch the show. If I saw them, I would be fangirling. Like, I'm never a hater off them. Like, I really do like them. But I do think there is this pattern that is kind of valid. And I think it's valid for people to feel that way. Um, like, that it's like maybe a PR stunt or you're trying to, you're, you're trying to transition to what kind of woman you want people to view you as. And now you're like in your white era. People have said the same thing about Ariana Grande, too. Like, she used to be super tan. She used to talk, like, in this black scent. I've been seeing a lot of interviews, how she used to talk. And then now she, her voice is very dainty. And then she's a lot paler now. And, you know, like, people go through... I think people think they... People know that being black can get you popular. And then they're like, well, now that I'm successful, let's just go back to my roots of whiteness. And that's just the tea. That's just what it is. Um, so moving on about that. Next, we have Coachella. So what do they call it? The Influencers Olympics. If I'm being honest, I went in. I went into the Influencer Olympics. I hope to go. I want to go to Coachella one day. It seems like it's a lot of fun. Well, I'll only want to go if I'm going with the brands. Like, I'm not trying to go and, like, do the whole camping thing. And, like, that's just not my cup of tea. Like, I, I feel like I would freak out. But um, I do want to go one year. Um, Coachella's lineup this year was Bad Bunny, Blackpink, and Frank Ocean, which we're going to get into because that's what somebody asked me. What's your take on the whole Frank Ocean situation? Um, first of all, we're going to start with Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner because they're apparently dating, allegedly, you know, um, and people are really upset about it because I think one, people are just fans. Like I was going to be mad, take Justin Bieber. I would have been mad at whoever he was dating. Cause I'm like, that was going to be me. Like I'm supposed to be his wife. Like that's what I felt like. So Bad Bunny, people are upset because he's dating. Maybe they're just mad because he's dating somebody, but it's because he's dating Kendall Jenner and people have this vendetta with the Kardashian Jenner family, of course, but then also because this will, this will, I'm gonna say about it. For, I feel like for Latino women, this situation feels like how black women feel when you see a D1 football player's girlfriend. And if you know, you know. Like that is, it's like that same realm. And that's what they're feeling, I feel like, which is why they're upset about him dating Kendall Jenner. And then her whole like 818 um, campaign with her tequila and like her like kind of appropriating. So 
um, like their culture. So he's like, so they're like, why are you going to go date her? You know, so people are really upset about that. So that's kind of been the tea at Coachella because they kind of were together. And I feel like that was like a low-key, hard, soft-ish launch um, for them too. But we'll see. I don't really know Bad Bunny like that. I don't like follow him or anything. So I'm not too familiar on how they would be compatible when it comes to personalities. Um, overall, I guess we wish them the best. I don't really know. Um, next up, we have Frank Ocean. So, okay, first of all, I didn't I didn't go to Coachella. So I all of my um, opinions are going to be based off what I've seen on TikTok of people's actual experiences there, everything that everyone's been saying. Um, so I'm going to start by saying one, I just found out today that he was like, his whole performance was tribute to his brother and he's been grieving his brother's loss, um, his brother's death. So I know that was probably a lot of, a lot of emotions or probably a sadness, but also maybe even guilt. Like they used to go there all the time, um, to Coachella. He was saying that his brother would drag him to like go and he's like, he didn't really want to go. So now him performing in front of everybody as a headliner, I feel like there's sadness, but there could also be guilt. Like I made it this far, this big, and you're not here with me. So, you know, there's probably a lot of emotions, but kind of going on the flip side about that. Fans, people have the right to be upset. And that is my overall opinion about it. When I think about celebrities, or I'll, I'll start with us, like us regular, regular people. We all have jobs and we have to do our job, right? Like if you, if your job is to refill the gas stations with gas and you just don't show up for your job, None of us can drive. Like, you have to refill this thing up so I can put the gas in my car. That's your job. When I think about my job at Disney, when my job at Disney, if I'm having a bad day or whatever the case may be, I have to go out on route and perform for thousands of guests every, like, all the time. Um, and that's a part of my job that I'm getting paid to do. So everybody has a job. Whatever your job is, you're, you're held to a standard and a bar to complete that job. And you get compensated for it. The difference is that we all get compensated, but we don't get compensated what we're worth. We're all getting compensated, 99% of the population getting compensated minimum wage or a little bit above minimum wage or a lack of an even good salary, but we're still doing what we need to do. Someone like a celebrity, like a Frank Ocean status that's getting completely, very much compensated for their job needs to do their job. That's just as simple as it is right there. Like even taking out, well, this or what about this or any excuse, all oh, the set and this and this, the job needs to be done. And that's why for me, and you know, I'm about to bring her up because I bring her up all the time. Beyonce, that's why Beyonce is who she is, because personally, in my opinion, the bar should be Beyonce. Like the standards should be here. Everyone should be striving to get to a Beyonce type of level. We should only accept Beyonce type of performance. And I'm not even saying... Like Beyonce, how she is, should be the only standard. I'm talking about, to me, Adele is Beyonce in her own way. Like Adele does her show. She don't she don't dance or have backup dancers or have all this stuff going on in the background. But she does what she does so well, and her bar is here. So she, in her lane, is her Beyonce. Taylor Swift, she's not the best dancer, but she does what she does so well, and her bar is here. You know what I mean? Like everybody, whatever genre, whatever style of person you are, you can be at your own like personal bar. That's the thing. You have to, we have to set more standards for our celebrities. Like, I feel like we kind of let being mediocre be okay. So then you have people that are really upset for critiquing Frank Ocean because, you know, your stands, your fans are not going to play about you. You know, like Beyonce could do anything. I'm like, don't talk about her. So I get it. I get it. Like, you hear people kind of saying, like, I didn't like that. I didn't like that performance of Frank Ocean as a fan. You're like, well, this happened and this happened. Like, don't talk about him. But people have the right to be upset. People have spent so much money 
on Coachella, like everyone from Coachella is not living in Southern California. People are literally traveling to from across the world to come to Coachella. It's an expensive ticket or a flight, and you got to get a ticket to the to the thing, the campgrounds or the vehicle, the food, what the the outfits are a bill in itself. So people are paying a lot of money. I saw a video of people running to the gates when the, when it opens so they could be front row with Frank Ocean. So I'm like, imagine how all these people feel when your performance isn't what they expected, and it's it wasn't what they expected because I guess he came out an hour and a half late. Um, he let, he let the DJ do a lot of the set. Um, he was kind of like not doing his full songs and there were just a lot of mishaps that happened in the show. that made everyone annoyed. And I over, overall, I think people have the right to be upset. Of course, it's okay to give people grace, um, especially with his circumstances, but at the same time, it's okay to hold people and celebrities to a standard. And that's my take on that. And also he canceled for weekend two. So he won't be there. So if you um, didn't hear, you heard it here first. He won't be there a weekend too. Um, hopefully he can get some rest. That's what it seems like. Okay, the next one we're going to do is cancel culture. Someone asked, what do you think about cancel culture? My opinion on this is pretty short, honestly. The idea of cancel culture, I feel like only came because people didn't want to be held accountable. Like cancel culture, people are so upset about it because I feel like it originated with people that were racist, homophobic, or like to sexually assault people, and they couldn't get away with it anymore. So they're like, and then people are holding them accountable, and they're like, oh, you're trying to cancel people, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, because your actions are weird. Like, you do weird behavior, you get canceled, period. Like, that's just how it is. And I'm not saying, I'm talking about being like racist, homophobic, sexually assaulting people. That is a canceled thing that you should no longer, people should not care about you anymore. Um, When it comes to things not as harsh, I I do think that the issue with cancel culture is because now it can be diluted in a way where like little like kind of more minor things can be happening and someone's trying to cancel somebody when instead like that's something that someone can kind of grow from and everyone I think should have the opportunity opportunity to grow and be a better person. So I think when we stop people from being able to do that and learn from themselves, then that does do harm to our society. Um, so in that situation, I am like this. If you did wrong and it's like clear as day you did wrong, you need to be held accountable. And you need to be held accountable all the time. But I think there are some certain situations that people do deserve grace and they shouldn't be so-called canceled for that, if that makes sense. All right. The last topic. What do you think about influencers at celebrity events such as the Grammys, Met Gala, etc.? So, okay, I have a couple points about this. I'm going to read them off here. So first I said, people are haters and get annoyed with influencers because they seem to norm, they seem, they seem too normal, just like us. And we're jealous that of where they are. So you ever hear the saying of like, when, say you grew up with somebody in the same hometown and you make it. And then the reason why they're jealous or whatever is because you came from the same place and they're still in that place or whatever that is. And you move so far past that place whether it's your city, your financial situation, whatever it is. And so that angers people. The same thing, I use the same example for influencers because we've never lived in a time before where somebody so normal can be so important, right? So like we're used to A-list celebrities. We're like, okay, you're a singer, you're Beyonce, you're an actor, you're Leonardo DiCaprio. Like it's just A-list celebrities everywhere, you know? Like, and it's been like that since the beginning of time, like Marilyn Monroe, like just celebrities or like the Lamazons, you know? 
Um, and now we live in a society where someone could be in their room, go viral and have a fan base. They have, they carry that fan base through. They're at the Grammys next year, sitting next to your favorite artist. Like that pisses you off, right? Like that makes you, it, it's rooted in jealousy. Cause it make you, it's like, you're just a random person and you get to do these things with people that I admire so much that I feel like worked hard, that I feel like earned that spot. And you just sat in your room and made a TikTok. Like that is where that's really coming from. And it's coming from, at the end of the day, jealousy. Because when I remember there was a year at the Met Gala, they had all these influencers, Addison Rae, um, James Charles, um, I think the D'Amelio sisters go, I don't know. All these TikTokers went to the, um, the Met Gala. And I remember everyone was pissed because the Met Gala is like this super high-end celebrity status party, whatever. And I remember my first, I, my first thought of it was like, why are they at the Met Gala? And then I had to take a take a step back and be like, Imani, I think you're just being a hater because you because you're like, why are you at the Met Gala? And that's that's an issue at the end of the day. What we have to remember is that influencers are the new type of celebrity, just like we got used to, let's say, Apple Pay. <laughs> we have to get used to influencers being celebrities like it's just we moved with the times we went from cash to a debit card to dupe Apple Pay. That's called technology. The same thing is happening with fame and stardom is that you have these like people on the, on the TV that are famous and singers and dancers and actors, whatever. And then now we're moving to a time where dupe technology came in and these people are also celebrities. So we just kind of have to digest that a little bit. I personally have no problem seeing an influencer at these major events, maybe because like that's the life I want too. But also I just don't see it as an issue. The other thing is that we have to stop equating talent to only singing, dancing, acting. There's so many ways to be talented. I'll give an example. If someone was, if someone's a model, someone on the outside looking in could be like, that's such an easy job. They don't do anything. And I'm like, meanwhile, bitch, you can't even take two pictures looking cute on your Instagram, you know? So let you go and try to shoot for a big campaign. You're not going to know what to do in the camera because that's a skill set to model, to be a model. Or even take, I'll take the podcast, for instance, or being a host. It's like people could look at this and be like, oh, she's just sitting up there and talking. And it's like, well, if you came in here right now and try to do an hour-long show by yourself, would you be able to do that? Do you have those communication skills? For me, I have done pageants for 20 years. So I have the communication skills. I have the public speaking skills to be able to uphold myself by myself in a room and hold a podcast, have a guest, interview them. It's a skill set. So talking and being able to captivate an audience, even if it's through TikTok and hold that audience in the palm of your hands where they're fans of you is a skill set. Not everybody could do it because if everyone could do it, we all would have millions of followers. We all would be going viral every single day, but we're not because we just don't hit it like these other people hit it. And that's just what it is. So overall, I think the biggest thing is that we have to get out of our head that there's only one type of talent. Um, and we have to get out of our head that influencers are not the upcoming celebrities. The reality is they are. When you have someone, you have millions of followers, you have cameras following you, you have people watching your every move. What is that? That's a celebrity. And whether you like it or not, it's just the facts. Um, let me see if I miss anything on here. Um, yeah, that's basically it. So overall, I think that they can be at anywhere they want, any party, but that is my tea for the day. We went through a lot. Um, um, thank you for your submissions and the topics. That was a fun one. I really wanted to come back with pop culture because I don't know if you guys know, but I went to school for broadcast journalism because one of my ultimate career goals is to be an entertainment host, um, and like do 
inter- celebrity interviews and whatnot. So that's where I'm hoping, you know, this podcast takes me as well. But I love pop culture, but I didn't want to have a podcast that was just every week about other people because it's fun to talk about, but it's not fun to just sit up somewhere and talk about other people's business. Like, I'm not trying to be Wendy Williams, you know what I mean? But anyway, that was fun because it's once in a, you know, every lots of podcasts. I don't want to do this again for a while, probably. But thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Even if you didn't know anything I was talking about because you're not familiar with any of this pop culture, I hope you still enjoyed it because I was talking. Anyway, I love you guys and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. You can watch the full episode on YouTube and make sure to send in your stories and questions at dearymoney.com. Reminder, I am not responsible for the outcome of any advice you take from me. Unless it's good, then I get all the credit. See you next week. Mwah!